You are entering the theater of the mind, an arcane radio theater works podcast series featuring dramatizations of strange and fantastical tales. Series one, the mysterious card. Adapted by Jeff G. Rack and Charlie Mount from a story by Cleveland Moffat. Presented in six parts. Episode 5. In one hour, Richard Burwell would be in surgery. But standing before me was one of Europe's most learned men, a brilliant savant of science and mathematics, about to tell me why Richard Burwell's life was not worth saving. First, you must know, Doctor, you must understand that my sister had an obsession for certain occult investigations from which I had vainly tried to dissuade her. She was delving into things about the soul that are better left unlearned. I think it's best we both sit down. Very well. What things was she delving into? I had seen strange happenings while in her company but I never realized what unearthly powers were within her until that night in Paris. We were returning from a drive in the Bois du Balloon, our favorite park. It was about 10 o'clock. Devon was in a delightful mood. The Bois is quite beautiful tonight. You see that structure there? The Chateau de la Mouette. That was a site in 1783 where Pilatri de Roger and the Marquis de Alens made the first manned air balloon flight. They rose to a height of 910 meters and covered 9 kilometers in 25 minutes. Not only that... Not only that, but it is quite beautiful. The park is beautiful. And on this glorious summer night, what does my beautiful brother see? Numbers, facts, and figures. Facts and figures are beautiful. Is Paris nothing but an equation to you? Eknath Chantanou, the world-famous automaton. Well, if you're going to tease me, there will be no meal for he for dessert tonight. Oh. Oh. The divan, what is it? Something terrible is happening there, across you, the river. You have a sanasani? Yes. We must hurry. Driver, across the bridge. (gasps) Quickly. So affected was I by her intense conviction, and such confidence had I in my sister's wisdom that I did not oppose her. I saw firsthand your sister's clairsentience and the effect it had on her. She had the ability to sense and even absorb the psychic pain of others, did she not? She did. Though we had another term for when the empathetic feelings came upon her. Sanasani. Precisely. A sensation. And this night she felt... Evil. It was pure evil that she felt. We hurried across the bridge, down the boulevard Saint-Germain, then to the left, threading our way through the narrow streets that lie along the Seine. This way and that, straight ahead here, turn there, she directing the course, never hesitating as if drawn by some unseen power and always urging the driver on to greater speed. We came to a black-mouthed, evil-looking alley, 
so narrow and roughly paved that the carriage would not advance. We continued on foot. No one was in sight as we hurried along down the dark alley. Scarcely a light was visible, but presently a smothered scream broke the silence. Touching my arm, my sister exclaimed, There! A woman! What is that? An animal? Who is that? It has a knife! Help her! You that! Stop! I'm on her. I had to subdue the beast. How is the woman? She has run off. And you? I am fine. The sun as soon as it passes. I, I took this weapon from his hand. Ah, oh, Lady Dagger. It is very deadly. What do we do with him? Take him to the authorities? No. But this man has just tried to kill someone. We cannot just set it loose. That is no man. Bring him into the light. Imagine my surprise, Doctor, on dragging the creature back to the carriage to find, instead of the ruffianly assassin I expected, a gentleman as far as could be judged from face and manner. Clear eyes, smooth hands, careful speech, all the signs of refinement, and the dress of a man of means. From England, possibly, or America. Burwell. The same. He spoke to you? He was confused, out of sorts, unaware of what just happened. We put him in the carriage and sat without further word until we arrived at the little chateau we had taken near the Parc Monceau. For what purpose? I could never properly describe what happened that night. My knowledge of these things is too limited. I simply obeyed my sister in all that she directed and kept my eyes on this man as no hawk ever watched its prey. Bring him inside. Sit him down there, in the wicker chair. The birds are disturbed by him. As they should be. Careful, he's still confused. He is not the only one. She began by questioning him. Speaking in a kindly tone which I could ill understand, he seemed embarrassed and professed to have no knowledge of what had occurred or how he had come where we found him. To all my inquiries as to the woman or the crime, he shook his head blankly and thus aroused my wrath. What were you doing in the alley with this knife? What alley? I've never seen that knife. Liar! Be not angry with him, brother. He is not lying. It is the other soul. What other soul? This man! This is not a man. This is a fiend soul. A Kulos man. There are but a few such evil beings. Perhaps two or three in the world. 
You have not yet seen his real face. I will show it to you presently. What is your name? Richard Burwell. What is your country? America. Quel est ton business? I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't speak French. But we heard you speak French in the alley. At least it sounded like French. It was the langue de all, old French. And it was not Burwell speaking, but the other. I suspect he speaks many ancient tongues, some known, some lost. What is your business? I'm a merchant from New York. I just arrived in Paris. I'm staying at the Continental Hotel. My wife and daughter are in London. Now, where am I? I... What's happening here? Stop struggling, or I will have to secure you. There is no need. It is indeed a Kulos man. It knows that I am here, that I am its master. Look into my eyes, ancient one. Devan put her eyes so close to the man's face that their fierce light seemed to burn into him. What power she exercised, I do not know. Or whether some words she spoke, unintelligible to me, had to do with what followed. But instantly there came over the man such a change as is not made by death worms gnawing in a grave. Stop it! Stop! In place of the pleasant-looking American citizen, now squirmed a fiend, growling at her feet, a foul, sin-stained monster. Now you see the demon's soul. Watch it writhe and struggle. It has served me well, brother. Sayest thou not so, the law I gain from our wise men. What language is this? A dead language from a dead people, very old. <laughs> You understand him? Yes. When we are connected, yes. Fush! Sigrund Kake! Joke! Joke! You are under my control now! What followed chilled my blood, nor would I trust my memory were it not that there remained proof of all that I affirm. This hideous creature, dwarfed, crouching, devoid of all the resemblance to the man we had but now beheld, began chattering to us in a curious language which Devan translated. It poured out such horrid blasphemy as would have blanched the cheek of Satan 
and made recital of such evil deeds as never mortal ear gave heed to. And as she willed, my sister checked it, or allowed it to go on. What it all meant was more than I could tell. To me, it seemed as if these tales of wickedness had no connection with our modern life or with the world around us. And so I judge presently from what my sister said. Enough, demon! For Chuck, Dijuzikal Vas Grund Kush, Sulvage! Speak to me of the later times since thou wast in this clay. Korolakali saying Zetri Palelo free. It then spoke of New York of a wife, a child, a friend. It told of strangling the child, of robbing the friend. He then told us of other horrid deeds, multitudes of murders going back thousands of years, centuries of inhabiting one body after another through succeeding eras in time. Finally, my sister put a halt to its blasphemous chattering. Creature! Enough! Devon, you cannot continue. It will drain you of your life. We must bring him to the police. No, Richard Burwell is not to blame for the evil deeds of the Kulos man. We must try to save him. Save this thing? How? The Sanasani. No. You cannot remain in commune with this creature. He will kill you. But if we made Burwell aware of the Kulos man, showed him the evil perpetrated by the other soul, perhaps in knowing his shadow self, his own human soul would dominate. Is that even possible? There are ways. We can psychically inflict visions upon him. Visions of the Kulos man's memories, but we would have to be in close personal contact with him over a long period of time. No, no, I will not allow you to do that. I am afraid you're right, brother. Too much association with this creature would most certainly kill me. What then? There is another way to make Burwell aware of the Kulos man's crimes without my continued presence. How? The soul obscura. What is that? The strange black box you've always been curious about. Retrieve it. It is in that trunk there with my equipment. Soul obscura. You'll also find a small metal box with some plain white cards inside. Bring me one and carefully hold it by the edges. They are made of layers of fine oriental paper. I have them. Here you are. Good. Hold the box as I place the card inside. Now we may begin. It is a photo camera, isn't it? 
an antique Dagura type. But don't they use copper plates? No plates. I am going to print images onto this card. And what of those gears and dials? It looks more like an astrolabe than a photo camera. So clever, my brother. An astrolabe takes the measure of the stars. This device takes the measure of a man's soul. Kulos, man! Stand! Chazet, I command thee! Boom, semet, zoo! Stand as thou didst in killing the little child. Chazet, azet, zoo, ich di, grit, ro, rito, stun! Do it! Pen it! He's doing it! He's acting out the strangling of his own child. Not his child, Burwell. Stand still, creature. Vard, zazat, disin, klautstulu. You're going to photograph him like that? As I turn these gears, I will imbue the device with my own empathetic powers. And now, dear brother, I must call upon all of my concentration and skill. Devan, don't do this. And now, stand as thou didst while robbing the friend. Act, jazak. Axis Z id hierolephic ye plot. He looks as though he's turning the lock on a safe. Don't move, pet viva. This is killing you, Devan. You must stop! One impression more. Creature! Face me! Clog Sakdulu! Baksakova! And when it was all done, she removed the card from the device and it seemed as white as before and empty of all meaning. That is, until one held it up and examined it intently. Then the psychic images that she captured revealed themselves. Oh, I, I saw no images, but I only looked at the card once and I was expecting to see only writing, which had vanished. Wait a moment, I, I have the card here in my pocket. Yes, here it is. It's completely blank, look. No. No, please, do not show it to me. But there's nothing on it except traces of... The, the soul obscure impressions were created so as to remain visible only for a few weeks. Then they would vanish, except to those who were adepts of the Sanasani. I saw them once, 11 years ago. I cannot bear to look at them again. Wait. There it is again. What? The aura. Uh, about the card. You see something? An aura, grey and black. I saw it the last time, too. You have the Sanasani. Keep looking, Doctor. I can't. It pains me to look at it. You must. The images will appear to you. The horror of the coolest man. I feel... I feel... Revulsion. A creeping sense of evil incarnate. 
Devan transferred her own empathetic powers into the card. You are feeling the villainy, the evil of the deeds captured within it. I can't. Take it away. I do not want it. I cannot bear it. It is your burden now. It's 9.30. The operation. Doctor, the operation cannot be successful. What? The coolest man must not be allowed to live. You know what you must do. No. For the sake no. of the dead and no. the living. No, stop it. Dr. Lanson, you must kill Richard Burwell. Next, on the mysterious card. I began the operation. Before me, surgical instruments to save his life, and in my medical case, a double-edged dagger designed to end it. You have been listening to The Theater of the Mind, Series 1, The Mysterious Card, adapted by Jeff G. Rack and Charlie Mount, from a story by Cleveland Moffat, presented in six parts, directed by Jeff G. Rack, Technical Director, Charlie Mount. Music composed and performed by Jay Wolfel. Presenting our voice talent players for Episode 5. Charlie Mount as Dr. Edward Lansing. Richard Large as Richard Burwell. Kuldip Koratana as Eknath Shantanu. Abby Rollins as Devon Shadhari. Dustin Hess as Kulos Man. And I'm your host, Jeff Rack. This has been an Arcane Theatre Works production. If you've enjoyed this program and would like us to do more, please go to our Patreon page to become a patron and valued member of Arcane Theatre Works. Your proceeds will allow us to pay our talented actors, artists, and technicians so that we can continue to bring you high-quality programming like the show you've just enjoyed. You can also go to our site, arcanetheaterworks.com, and sign up to be informed of our upcoming live and virtual shows and events. A special thanks to Alan Zorthian and the Zorthian Ranch.